T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sometimes it's just a lot of fun and important to take a show and kind of like nerd out on a topic. You know, just kind of go a little deep on some subject matter that we think is important to the tech ecosystem, if you know what I mean. And and lately there's just been, you know, all types of headlines around the Me Too and uh, sexual harassment in the workplace. And I keep hearing all these stories that I just can't believe they're still happening in, in 2018. And then I hear about companies that need all types of talent and can't find it. And I hear about folks that can't get jobs. And I hear about, I just, there's all these disconnects kind of going on when it comes to diversity and inclusion and, 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 and women's rights and things like that. And, and I think uh, Pittsburgh's tech sector is, is, is really hinged to a lot of this stuff. And so tonight well, we're going to take a deep dive on it. Well, we are. And I think it's, yeah. it's not just women's issues. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just a lot of issues. A lot of issues. I mean, I don't, honestly, sometimes I don't know where to begin. I know. It's tough. I, I feel like as long as I've been working, as long as I've been alive, okay. I've cared about creating wide nets okay. of people who don't necessarily resemble me. Because I think the only way that you can sort of propel your life in a meaningful way is to surround yourself with people who are different. Right, exactly. Than you. But then I think about who are my closest friends, who is in my inner circle, what mm-hmm. is their persona, what is their profile, what do they look like, what are they interested in? I still feel, hmm, yeah, I've got a base of people that I grew up with and that, you know, they right. might, we've, we came from sort of this core in New York that's, you know, sort of smells similar and, you know, first or second generation Americans mm-hmm. and, you know, um, that kind of experience and it feels common. It feels like a bond that I've right. kept over the course of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I think about all the people that I've met and have been close to me uh, beyond that journey in my adulthood. Yeah. And they are very different and they are they do look different and they have different political views and different sexuality um, preferences and they have different um, personal aspirations, et cetera. And then I look at the workplaces that I've been in over time and I hear about people who are struggling with having diverse workforce and you know appropriate representation and leaving people behind and all those things and I think I haven't gotten very far have I like right, have I right. done a, a I don't know have my you? part so you're feeling like you have trying to make things better right and make it so that we aren't leaving people behind and that we are creating a belonging kind of environment, but then you pair that with having to get work done. Exactly. exactly. Right? Having right. to get work done. And what, you know, what does that mean when you're running a company and you're you're trying to build towards outcomes and meet the expectations or, of your constituents? Or if you're running a small, scrappy company the way the tech council is, that right. sometimes you, you don't have the luxury to stretch out. You got to just kind of take what comes in front of you and keep moving forward, right? Well, I think what, what I wrestle with mm-hmm. is that not just takes what take what comes in front of me but to make sure that we and we're lucky jonathan in our world that we can use the tech council as a platform because based on their mission they're things that we are aligned with right 
So we can use this as a platform to sort of propel and have further conversations with that are tied to outcomes of what it means to be in a belonging kind of inclusive environment. The thing that that frustrates me is, is that we have also this backdrop now of this proliferation of particularly women who have been subjected to and boldly have come out about this Me Too mm-hmm. kind right. of harassment that they've that they've been subjected to. Is it more than it's been before? I don't really care. Is it we have more this is more of the right time for us to talk about okay. it? Okay. But I guess my question is is how do we how do we make amends with that? Right? Because I would like to say in my in our world that we're in, I would take huge affront to anything that would resemble anything about sexual harassment. But what I take pride in is trying to be part of a broader community that represents all different types of people. And that's really what the tech community, to me, represents. But when you peel it back, when you peel it back, you hear people struggling with getting more diverse talent inside of their companies. So where do we start, right? Where do we start? I love that we have the opportunity to talk to Duolingo and Beth Sa- Beth, Beth Slagle. From, Beth from Slagle. Our, yeah, they're stopping from by. Meyer Ungovich, exactly. and, and I love the fact that we're going to sort of peel it back a little bit, both from a legal perspective as well as a pragmatic way of understanding how right. they did it at, at Duolingo. Yeah, but I still remain somewhat troubled. Of course. That we're having, you know, these these kinds of wrestling with, in terms of it being 2018. Yeah. But maybe that's just naive of me, or maybe I just needed to now once again take my head yeah. out of the sand and look around and say, oh, not that much has changed. Yeah. I, I, but I think that's why it's important to take these steps and pause and realize, no, we still need to keep working at it. And it's probably something that we're always going to be working at. You know, it, it's nothing that's going to be solved with right. one and movement and one right. campaign, but it, it's continually course correcting and continually being honest with yourself. Like, right. am I being, you know, am I looking at everything out there that I should be looking at? And that's why I think it's, a, that's why I'm excited to take this show tonight. As a, it's kind of like a pause point to talk about this a little bit more and, and provide some practical advice that as you're out there hiring, how can you make sure you find the best? And, and not uh, only just while you're hiring, it's just how do you make sure that you're the culture. And you the culture as you, as you do, as you grow. Right? And that the culture is authentic. Yeah. And and makes people feel like they're belonging to something that's exactly. bigger than themselves. Right, which is why I'm excited because we have like Beth Slagel from Ironka because you said just providing some of the basics, like the, what you should be doing, just from like an HR standpoint, you know, from from to make sure that your bases are covered, that the right things are in your handbook, to you know, if you are going to bring someone to help bring some training, what that means, and then talking to Duolingo when we have GSO Sun stopping by, how they actually have a process and a methodology to make sure there's a 50-50 ratio of men to women. For their new software engineers, which I think is just amazing. And I think as we're going to discover from, from GISO that, you know, this is something that they're going to continually be course correcting as they go along to, to ensure that they get the best and brightest minds and that they, 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 they represent, you know, the cross-section of, of what's out there in the world today. I know. I know. I, get, I think that I respect, Jonathan, that you're willing to jump in and have these kinds of conversations I'm trying, about this. Like I said, at the end of the day, like... With me being a 45-year-old white male, sometimes, you know, you're afraid to, to, to navigate. You don't want to offend anybody. You want to make sure that you're doing the right thing by people. And I just still go by the mantra every day, Audrey. I think if everybody just did this, just don't be a jerk, right? If we could all just do that, we could maybe start getting some things moving forward. But 
That's yeah, my, don't be a jerk. That's called, Maybe that's, that's, that's my the simple campaign. solution. I'm serious. Every morning I leave my house and I say, Jonathan, just don't purposely be a jerk. You might do it by accident, but don't purposely be a jerk. So anyhow, that's that's my motto. Probably way too simple, but just saying. But anyhow, I'm really glad for us to be able to take some time to talk mm-hmm. about this, have some some good conversations around it. And uh, these are things we're going to do more of in Tech Vibe is having, you know, a lot more of these kind of like focus shows around different topics that are, that are you know, driving Pittsburgh's tech sector here. And uh, I'm excited to do it. So I think it's fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow. Excellent. Well, Thank you for that, Jonathan. Good, Thanks. good stuff. So Thanks for your leadership on that. We're trying. We're trying. And just to remind everybody, the Pittsburgh Technology Council, 35 years we are celebrating. Very pumped about that. 35 years helping regional technology companies succeed. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Our CIO of the Year Awards are right around the corner, happening in April. We're going to be doing a lot around that this year, too, which I am very, 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 very excited about. Anyhow, we're coming right back with a lot more. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Thanks for tuning in to Tech Vibe Radio tonight, Friday night, the best night of the week, because Tech Vibe Radio is on the air. We love doing it. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And Audrey, our next guest here got some great... Great stuff to talk about here. Important stuff. Timely. Serious stuff. Timely stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Timely stuff. So we have Beth Slagle from Meyer, Unkovic, and Scott. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thanks for having me. No. we. I, I want to sort of just jump right in. You're repre- you represent a number of companies in Pittsburgh and probably beyond. And with all the attention now on sexual harassment across the nation, what what are you seeing? Are you seeing the similar trends in Pittsburgh or is this... Is this an outlier? Is it because there's major density in some of the places? What well, kind of work? I think that's really an interesting question. What I've noticed in companies is there there is a huge amount of conversation about sexual harassment, and it'll be interesting to see whether the Me Too movement translates to more sexual harassment claims or whether all the attention, education, awareness actually translates to less claims. Maybe it kind of starts with more claims, and then it starts coming back down, hopefully. Who I don't know. Yeah, I mean, knows? that one, we'll just have to monitor right. the statistics. But what I've noticed in my own practice is that the Me Too movement has really created a lot more uh, conversation with women being much more comfortable mm-hmm. about coming forward, talking about their own experiences. Definitely. And this has led to some claims, but more importantly, what it's led to is a lot more education, by um, companies in terms of educating management and and employees about what sexual harassment is, what to do if it occurs, and how to prevent it. So could it be that we're lagging in this area in terms of comparing other regions? Or do you think just because of we don't have huge entertainment, you know, businesses, or do you think it's sort of rampant across all different kinds of business? I think it's rampant on in in every business. The reason why it's become so much more, uh, there's so much more light on it in right. terms of the entertainment industry is because that's where all the media attention is. Okay. But absolutely, it's across uh, the board in every mm-hmm. industry. So I tell you what, Beth, I, I, as, this all, as all this was breaking you know, a few months ago, it, it really starts surprising me that Things are as bad as they are. Like I, I thought, maybe workplaces have cleaned up more, and, and, and but apparently they have not. And it becomes like you get to the point where me as being like like a, a white male, I'm like I can't believe this is how people are behaving. And I thought it was getting better, but apparently not. Why? <laughs> I guess the million dollar question: Why? 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 Well, I don't think we're backtracking at all. Okay. Though I don't think that's happening. Okay. I do think that the issue is just now at the forefront. Right. And the Me, the Me Too movement has done wonders in bringing 
to the forefront something that's just been swept under the rug for years. Okay. And just as a way of background to show you why there isn't a, a, a mm-hmm. um, to show you why we're not backsliding. Yeah. There's basically two types of sexual harassment claims: quid pro quo mm-hmm. claims and hostile work environment claims. You've ah. heard of that type. So okay. in terms of quid pro quo yeah. claims, an example would be. Um, I'll hire you, or I'll give you a promotion if you have sex with me, or I'll fire you if you don't have sex with me. Right. A hostile work environment claim, those are the types of claims that are basically unwanted sexual jokes, comments, um, inappropriate touching. Right. So in terms of quid pro, clo- quid pro quo claims, yeah. um, over the past decade, those have decreased exponentially. Ah, that's good um, to know. There's still a lot of hostile work environment claims, yeah. but at least with the quid pro claims, there's at least a general awareness in the mm-hmm. workforce that that kind of behavior is not that, appropriate. And it's, it's like, I can't believe, like, at one point, like, that's, wow, that just blows my mind that somebody would, would be like, yeah, if you do this, then it's you get a raise. Like, hey, if you don't want to be fired, <laughs> party at my house. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. That's just, that's just, that's just shocking to me. So, yeah. So you think we've made progress, that this issue's been raised to the forefront. How are companies addressing this issue. Okay. Well, how they're addressing it and how they should be addressing it are two separate things. Okay. Um, how they're addressing it really is all over the board with still a lot of companies ignoring it, thinking that it doesn't apply in their work environment. Especially smaller companies. Really? Too, Even today? Right. Well, they think that, but those are probably the companies that actually need to focus on it probably even more. Yeah, right, right, right. But then the better way to deal with it is really from the get-go. And that starts with the employee handbook, mm-hmm. you know, including provisions in the employee handbook. And, and um, mind you that every company, regardless of size, should have an employee handbook, and a lot of companies still don't. But it starts with the employee handbook in terms of including no discrimination, sexual harassment, and harassment-related policies, and including in there also provisions about what to do, how to report a claim in the event that a claim occurs, and you know where, where they can go and how it should be handled. That makes total sense. I mean, I, 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 I think the workbook is just so foundational. And especially for small companies. And I also remind them, obviously, MyRankovic is a place where you can help them with those types of things. We do that all and the time. And they should not be afraid to reach out because this is really the difference between like having a business and not having a business. If something goes wrong, to have the right foundation of your, of your business set so you're not, you know, you, you can be successful well, <laughs> and not worry about these things. What are some of the biases? I mean, people come into the workplace with biases and we don't know them. We don't know them as individuals. We don't know them. You know, we only know by interviewing and doing background checks, et cetera. But people come into the environment with biases. What kinds of things um, should we as leaders be sort of cognizant of? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about biases, I mean, have you heard about uh, implicit biases? Right. Okay. And that's a really, a lot of people aren't familiar with it, but mm-hmm. it's a really popular thing that's going on We did a now. session at the Tech Council just okay. talking about implicit biases. Yeah. Right. It's really important. I do that training as well. But implicit biases for all those people who aren't aware yes, of it yes. are these unconscious biases, those things that um, we make decisions and act and all in an unconscious manner. Right. It's... Not even you know, thinking you're doing any harm, but just... As a matter of course, right? Right. It's all, it's, these biases reside deep in our subconscious, and we don't even have control of them. Right. They're very different than our known biases. It's just uh, things that happen automatically. And there's over 175 
known implicit biases. 175. Yeah. And and how it happens is really our brains the moment from the moment that we wake up in the morning, we are getting so much information whether it's from news, our kids, our you know, whoever, our workforce and we're getting information from so many different places and things and um our brain in order to like process yeah to process it it has to make mental shortcuts mm-hmm. so those, we synthesize things. yeah and those mental shortcuts actually can lead to implicit biases so what about women i mean is this isn't just a gender this isn't just about women right implicit biases it just no cuts no, no, across no. everything biases right? Are right across the board on pretty much anything on anything so yeah are are we seeing that that these issues that we're talking about now are more specific towards women in terms of them, the harassment in the workplace and et cetera. Cause I'm, I'm hearing men feel like they don't know what to do now. They don't know how to, how to talk. I'm talking, I'm talking with women who are, who are having sort of like an overreaction and overcorrection. Are we seeing like, are we seeing some new, ways of like intersecting this that in your teachings and training sort of help get us through sort of these bumpy times? I think, and I agree with you. I completely get what you're saying. I mean, it's happening across the board in every workforce, people not knowing what to say. Right. I hear that from my team. They're like, well, I'm not going to say anything now. Yeah. It really starts with education. It really starts with education and training so in the workforce. Should, so what should I be doing as a leader? I think people need to go to Meyer Unkovic's website because we've got about a minute left. And I bet you at your site you probably have some white papers and some information that people could kind of start learning more best practices around these types of things. We have that, uh, but we also regularly do uh, implicit bias training, okay. sexual harassment oh, okay, training, good. all Perfect. of that. In the, and where can they go to check that out? At muslaw.com. Muslaw.com. Wow. Thanks for stopping by, Beth Slagle, I'm glad Meyer, Uncle, and Scott. This. Yeah, I'm no, this is... I have a lot of thoughts on it, so yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time with us just for a brief moment. Absolutely. Thank you. And Beth is stopping back at the end of the show. We have a little, little bit of a roundtable talking more about this as we continue. So stay dialed. Keep your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. There's nothing like having one of Pittsburgh's coolest companies in the studio with us, Audrey. We don't mess around on Tech Vibe Radio. We mentioned before, Duolingo is hanging out with us, the company. We also have, of course, Jiso Son from Duolingo. Hello. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. We are pumped up to talk to you because tonight's show, we're trying to talk about a little bit of everything. I can't even tell exactly what it is that we're trying to talk about, other than the fact that we want to make Pittsburgh great, and we can only do that with the best and brightest minds from everywhere in the world. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. See? And you're in charge of doing that at Duolingo, right? So what, yeah. do, you, what do you do with Duolingo, You're the Gisa? boss. Yeah, you're the boss, right? You tell you're Louise what to boss. do. You're the boss. Oh, no, I do not tell Louise what to do. Um, I've been at Duolingo but for... But around, around diversity, you probably do, right? Uh, so I've been at Duolingo for a year and a half, and okay. I, I, I love it. I love it. This company is so amazing. Um, talk about, like, big, just international impact, right? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, world impact. World like, yeah, yeah. You know, over 200 million users in the world were teaching over over 75 languages, um, and we're extremely mission-driven, right? Our whole kind of idea um, is to provide this free product, no matter who you are, where you're from, um, you know, getting rid of all of that and just providing the same kind of, you know, service, which is education. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so we got it. You're having fun. (laughs) We got it. You think you're working for the coolest company, (laughs) and 
You think you have the coolest job? I think I have a pretty cool job. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is your title? She has her hand on her hip. Yeah, she's I, we like, 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 like video. We need, yeah, we need a she's video like, to go uh, with this. Yeah, yeah I have right. the coolest job. <laughs> Keep your hand on your hip. I don't care. The hand will always be on my hip. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her it's going to stay right there. <laughs> so you have this. So seriously, though, mm-hmm. you, you know, and the joy is of you in terms of what you're saying is just phenomenal. And so you're get you're getting both Jonathan and I pumped up. Yeah. So we appreciate okay. that. We're glad you're here. Tell but you've been, you know, you're working for a company that's growing, that's scaling, that's very deliberate, that has a very, very focused mission and purpose. And it's, you know, that's the litmus test for all things that Duolingo touches. But you're also leading sort of this, I don't want to use the term process, but sort of these objectives to have a really significant impact on people and sort of gathering them into this work world. And we want to get inside of your head. Yeah. And it's okay. all based around this awesome blog post you put out. Oh, thank oh, you. That's what tri- but that's what tripped it. it. That's <laughs> not it, but I think, I think our <laughs> listeners need to know that if you go over to uh, Duolingo.com and just look for how Duolingo achieved a 50-50 gender ratio for new software engineer hires. Pretty cool stuff because there's been a total lack of women engineers. Just a lot. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just like a, a complete dearth. And, and, and so, like, the idea that you've achieved this, this, this ratio is fantastic and how you did it through, through data. And through why she did it. And why you did it, I think, is such a cool story. So we got to tell that story. So yeah. come on, we got like ten minutes left. Oh, yeah, no pressure, no pressure at all to unravel all exactly. of this stuff. So talk as fast as you can. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so I think you know, women are told from a very young age, right, that you can't do certain things, right. and you need to be attracted to certain things and certain colors, certain you know activities. Um, and I and I don't, and it's hard to break that down, right? And I and I don't think that, and I'm not going to say I'm in a position to break that down for all women everywhere. Right, right, right. right. Um, but but I you think can try. We can all try, yeah. But I think um, what I try to focus on here is going kind of looking at the origins, right? So new grad software engineers, this is the objective. We right. hire new grad software engineers. Um, let's look at kind of where we've been hiring these great, great software engineers in mm-hmm. the past, okay? Now let's look at the gender ratio there. Uh-huh. And let's okay. compare that to the national average. So the national average is 18%. That's it. That is it. Whoa. That is it. And I mean, we can talk about how that stems Not from when they're in fifth. preschool. Right, right, right. Or, okay. Right. Yeah. We'll solve that later. Exactly. Yeah. Preschool, we can solve later. But mm-hmm. um, so 18%. Um, so why are we going to colleges that are less than 18%? So right. we prioritize those amazing, great, strong, you know, programming software engineer tech schools um, to look at the schools that were over 18 percent. Um, we want to prioritize those colleges that were making gender kind of balance a priority. Okay, like like Carnegie Mellon. I know they Carnegie Mellon is recently, fantastic. Uh, 50, they, they surpassed 50 percent on computer they science. They did, right? and I can say we did because that is also my alma mater. That's what so, I'm telling. Yes, very good. Yeah, I'm very very proud of Carnegie Mellon because um, clearly that is such a huge 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 objective that they're really trying to um, kind of break into that definitely um, kind of industry. Right, so right, yeah, right. Um, it's actually amazing. I gave a quick talk there in the fall and I looked up for one second and it was so cool to look at the audience bunch and of see women in the audience, right? a bunch of women and not only that, but a lot of people of color and you know, right. just that incredible diversity. It was a really big impact actually. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, so, you know, we look at the data, we look at what we're doing now um, and we can't just, you know, 
make our decisions and changes based on these external factors, we also have to look inside, right? What are we doing? What can we do better? Um, you know, I'm never going to be conceited or at a place that says we're doing everything we can. We're There's perfect. no such thing. We're perfect. Game one. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, changing our process and looking outside, you know, kind of a beautiful mix of the two led us to those great results. Exactly. So, so how many, how many uh, engineers do you have on staff now? Oh, right now I would say we have over sixty-five engineers Holy at Duolingo. Mackerel. Yeah. Jeez, and you keep. And these people more. come from all over, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we have people from a lot of different countries and all across the right. U.S. that have come here to lovely Pittsburgh. And so, you came from, from San, Francisco. San Francisco. I did. And before yes. we got on air, you're saying I'm stuck in Pittsburgh now. And oh I like no, it, right? but I love Not it. Stuck. I, I do. mean, stuck in a good way. Yeah, like, stuck like in a very relate. good way. Yeah, I'm very, very happy here. You know, I've been here for ten years, and talk about big differences in cities: San Francisco to Pittsburgh. Oh my right. gosh! Right? Yeah, um, but you know, I do love the city. I think the city has a lot of great things to offer, and especially right now. Well, you've seen the changes. Yeah. I've been in my job oh, for yeah. ten years, so I've seen the changes over ten yeah. years. Yeah. It's been dramatic. It has. I remember when I first, you know, got that offer letter from Carnegie Mellon to become a student there. I said, where's Pittsburgh? I didn't even know. You knew Carnegie Mellon, but you did not know Pittsburgh. You do know Carnegie Mellon, but you don't know Pittsburgh. And then now talk to any person in tech and they know what Pittsburgh is. Talk to almost anyone else. Right. The arts and medicine and education. They know Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And Duolingo is one of those companies that's making Pittsburgh be the rad city that it is. Yeah, I mean, you guys Seriously, have helped like put us on the map. Oh, without a doubt. And so what I'm, what I'm hoping is other companies are seeing what you're doing and doing it not just to be cool like Duolingo, but to do it because it just makes freaking sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're actually going to have a successful company, this is what you need. You need the best and brightest minds. But listen, it's not yeah. easy. I no, I know. It's we, not easy, and I think that's the thing that's really that I really care about in terms of this conversation and the work ahead. Okay. There is no simple recipe. I think we hear that it's definitely the leadership has to care deeply about it and in an yes. unwavering way. But then when people all get together and they work together, there's mm-hmm. got to be some sort of loose parameters that n- nurture this kind of existence that's across differences. And I think that's what's really interesting to me. Like, how do you do that? And I know it's not one recipe. Yeah. And no, it's, it's your... you got multiple bowls cooking at one I, time. I want to hear Yeah, from... and it's not yeah. easy at all. And I mean, yes, we got the results, but if I think about how long it took us to get here, you know, yeah. we came up with a strategy a year before we got these results, right? So, yes, it reaped it then, but I didn't know during then. And, you know, we made these changes that might have not worked based on different timing or That's different true. colleges. You got you to keep feeding the machine too, exactly. right? Exactly. So. so it's kind of like, a, unfortunately, some of some aspects have to be a little trial, trial and error depending on what your company is, the goals, the mission, the people, the size. Right. Like all right. of those factor into kind of making this a reality. So do you think that with the proliferation of what is going on in terms of Me Too and some of the more prominent recent cases of issues at the workplace. Does that, how has that affected the work that you do? So for me, it really kind of um, sparks an even more 
personal desire when I come to work to make this a reality, right? I want Hmm. Duolingo to be as inclusive as a place as possible. So Me Too is never something that is said about Duolingo's culture. Um, I don't want, you know, any woman, POC, LGBTQ, veteran, different ages, you know, um, talk about diversity um, to ever feel like they don't belong. I think it is a personal kind of goal of mine as well, Um, not just professional. And I think all of the Me Too and the um, media and all the recent events kind of surrounding all of that um, shows the bravery in all these women, um, and I think it encourages others to be brave in the work that they do as well. So is there a difference between belonging and inclusion? Um, I think there are subtle differences. I think the uh, uh, kind of underlying feeling is very similar. I think if we think about being chosen for sports teams when you're in middle school, right. no one wanted to be that last person. Right. I think all of us have felt. It's all I know. Right. <laughs> it's all and, and I it, know. And it hurts. It and, hurts. And I think when you realize that certain people, based on the color of their skin or their gender, you feel like that every day, multiple times a day. And for me, um, having an inclusive environment is when you never feel like that but a belonging environment is when you actually feel like you have an active place in yeah. that environment exactly. yeah you're and actually functioning that. in it yeah. and succeeding and thriving in it yes and to keep that going is something that you have to continually feed and nurture and yeah you, you and never, how do you, you keep yourself smart about this yeah so um i mean how do i keep myself smart about this i think there is a healthy amount of pessimism that goes into all the work I do. You know, Definitely. I never want to think it's done and I never want to think I'm perfect. So I'm always trying to read articles, think how other companies are doing it, imagine, you know, different scenarios with our company. And I'm, I'm always thinking about this. Absolutely. So cool. Wow. So once again, go to duolingo.com. Check it out. Yes. And keep your eye on this company because they are <laughs> making Pittsburgh proud. That's all I can say. Thank you so Simple much. GSO. Thank you. And you're sticking around because we have our panel up. You're going to be hanging out with uh, Beth from uh, Meyer Unkovic and Scott and Audrey and, I, and ourselves talking about more general stuff happening here in Pittsburgh. So coming right back after this quick break, I swear, this is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Thank you so much for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio on KDKA. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And Audrey, this is one of these uh, different types of shows. We dedicated a show towards a whole kind of a topic today. And I'm glad we're able to do it. And I'm glad you're here listening. I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn and provide what insight I might have as well, too. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So we start off the show today. We talk with Beth Slagle from Meyer, Unkovic, and Scott, giving some great stuff. And Beth has rejoined us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, today, Beth, and, and having your patience to hang out. Great to be here. Yes, and Jiso Son from Duolingo. Yes, hi. I'm so happy to be here. We are so pumped to have yeah. you stop by the show today. And thanks you, uh, thank you as well for continuing to hang out with us to kind of put this capstone on the conversations that we've kind of had today as far as that goes. Absolutely. And, you know, you wrote this fantastic blog piece. Oh, thank I, you. I created a bunch of buzz. Like, Audrey and I <laughs> saw it, and we're like, this is so cool. And then and then Michaela, your PR person, called me and said, hey, I'm like, I'm so glad you called me because we want to have Jesus stop by the show to talk about this piece, which we had just talked about before. And the idea that, like, we need the best and the brightest. We need to make sure that, like, it's 50-50. And you're using data and process to do that. 
Yeah, a and lot we, of data. <laughs> a, a lot of data to, to do that and really tackling a tough problem, doing that here in Pittsburgh. And as Pittsburgh grows as a tech sector, we want the best and brightest minds. You guys are leading the way in that. As we create these great environments, we need folks like Beth here to make sure that, you know, to, to bring us the insight so we can, we can keep a great workplace going. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess really, just to start it off with, why is it so important for us to, to create a bubbling, diverse, equal? Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many ways to go with that. Like, is there any reason not to do it? You know, with the diverse right. minds, you know, that come together, you can solve problems differently. You can solve them more effectively. I mean, there's countless studies. I mean, talk about data that shows um, teams that you know, look different, feel different, think different, are more effective. They get things done much faster and better than any other team. Um, on top of that, I mean, you don't want to just be in your mind and know what you know. You want to be exposed to other things, learn more, evolve your thoughts, and maybe kind of grow as a person, not just a professional. So, um, you know, diversity, inclusion, it's, it's not just a good thing to do. It's kind of mandatory. I agree. That's that's really. Um, I mean, I've been saying that for, for forever, and uh, yet still struggling with trying to figure that out. So, I applaud you for sort of grabbing it and letting it not be negotiable. What are some of the secrets in terms of what your strategies have been? Yeah. So, um, I think the first thing to really know is that um, this initiative it has to come top down. I think it's really hard when. No matter how great the hmm. intentions are or the ideas, if you're just this one person at a big company and there's no support from top um, or, you know, execs or the board, it's really hard to get behind that. You know, the company won't see that big push coming from the leaders of the company. Um, and I'm so fortunate to work for Duolingo, you know, the CEO and CTO, Luis especially, you know, right. he really cares about this. and He, he, he always says, has. Yeah, he always he has. Always has. Um, you know, he always says, do more, do more, like. Go do it and completely right. trust me. Um, and it's so great to have that. Um, so, I mean, it has to begin there. Without doubt. Mm-hmm. So, and, but it, it's even though do more, do more. And, and it's amazing because mm-hmm. I've known Louise for a long time. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is absolutely right. What kinds of things should other people be thinking about, right? Like you're conquering it in your world, right? And I'm sure that it doesn't happen easy and it has to be deliberate. It has to be intentional. It has to be at the forefront of all that you do. What should, what pieces of advice could you give other people who have similar kinds of passion about it but haven't been able to really move the needle in a material way? Yeah, I think um, the biggest piece of advice I have is find what's most appropriate for you and your company or your community or your group of people. Um, I think this worked for us. The strategy worked for Duolingo. Would it have worked for a different company with a different set of values or a company that was 10 times as big? You know, I don't know. So I think knowing what you're working with is important as well as your audience, Um, you know, college recruiting, new grad um, software engineers was a huge um, push that we made this year. So really devoting our resources into that. So it's just understanding that. um, And I think that what has to underlie everything that you do when it comes to diversity and inclusion is um, intention. Why are you doing this? Is it really, you know, pat on the back, gold star, I'm doing well, we're done, we're not a problem? Or is it because you truly want to make a difference and you truly believe in the benefits that come out of having such an inclusive and diverse company? So, Beth. That's well said. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that what Duolingo has done has been really phenomenal. 
while that technique might not work for a lot of companies, what would work for every company is um, tapping into their implicit biases and, and doing stuff to eradicate that in both the uh, hiring process as well as performance evaluations. You know, um, as an example, and this one has been around for a long time, when we talk about um, symphonies, which back in the day were 95% men. Back in the 70s and 80s, they started doing blind auditions so that they could bring elevate uh, women into the ranks of the orchestras. What they ended up having to do, because they could still find out um, which women were playing, uh, based upon their heels clacking across the floor as they had to then put down padding. Hmm. Um, so there's different kinds of things that can be done um, in every industry in terms of hiring in every industry. Scrubbing resumes. Don't let the interviewer see whether it's a male or a female. Um, in terms of performance evaluations, doing like if it's a uh, if if there's a self-assessment uh, portion for a female, don't let the um, evaluator see the self-assessment because they might be biased and say hmm. and and, and feed right. into that. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, there's statistics that actually show that an evaluator will actually, you know, um, grade down. In a, an evaluation if they read the self-assessment first. That's so there's a, there's right. a bunch no, of different things just, that can be done. It's almost stressing me out thinking about <laughs> it. It's like, oh, my goodness, but it's true. I mean, and, and as you said, everyone at every level needs to be thinking about this, whether you're a small company or a super large company or a company like Duolingo that's right in that, that kind of like you know, bigger growing company and, and to, be, to be proactive and set an example to make to keep us all on point and thinking about it on a regular basis, I think it's just so important. So, yeah. What So what happens inside? So once you hire people, right, and you've got, got them on board, take us to the next level of engagement. So is there some secret sauce that you could share with us in terms of that piece of the journey? Because onboarding and, you know, bringing making an inclusive environment isn't just a handbook. Yeah, I completely agree. So um, in terms of onboarding, you know, we have a really great structure in place for that. But I think what goes beyond that is to think about how can you actually create an inclusive environment, an environment that will not only attract but retain diverse mm -hmm. talent. I think a lot of businesses do it wrong in the sense that, oh, to be diverse, we just need to grab the, di the diverse right. talent and then we're done. That's we're not done. true because right. they'll right. leave. They leave after right. six months or a year, that right. diverse talent. So to have that inclusive environment is so important. Um, and the way that we actually do at Duolingo is that we hold company-wide um, workshops, actually, um, once every other month. It's not mandatory because I think when you put the word mandatory. Yeah, right, that's thing, a very good point. Yeah, very you're point. bringing out kind of the wrong intentions, right? Going back to that You idea will enjoy this, right? Exactly. Or you must sit here and just listen to me. Gotcha. Um, so we make it very optional and we make it very clear that it is optional. But over 95% of the company actually comes out to every single one of these, which is amazing. That's they, amazing. They and so exactly, which right. means that they care and they're workshops. So I don't just talk at people for you an participate hour. participate in something, right? Yes, I actually talk very little. And most of it is either a scenario or an idea or a okay. theme. And I challenge groups of randomized, you know, people at the company right. to fulfill that activity, whether that means to comment on it or come out with a um, solution to a scenario. Um, but we hold these, yeah, one every other month. Sure. So, Beth, earlier on in the show, you were talking about the importance of training and, and making sure that it's not you know, obviously the foundations that you put this into your handbook. You got to have that just as, as just your, your, your foundation. But then making sure that. 
if it's not a workshop, at least having someone come in on a, on a basis just to, to keep this front in mind. Right. I think um, one of the most important things uh, is implicit bias training, which uh, still a lot of people don't even understand what it is. But uh, those training sessions are a huge eye-opener to everyone. You probably learn a lot about yourself you as do. you go through it, You right? really do. I mean, we at our law firm even do implicit bias training, and um, it's incredibly helpful, you know, just in general, um, just opening your eyes to, you know, like, who's your best friend? Who's who, who have been your teachers? Um, hmm. Who's your dentist? Who's your doctor? You know, and many people who say I'm not racist or I'm not bigoted, they look at if they're a white individual, they look at their world and they are surrounded by white, you know, and it's interesting to go through these training sessions in which people are writing down, OK, check, 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 check. This is all white, 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 you know. It gives them a huge reality check to what their world really is. Yeah. It's an eye-opener for them. Hmm. It's really an eye-opener. I believe it. I believe it. That's... So do you, at, at Duolingo, in terms of women and leadership, you wrote a little bit about it, but maybe some of our listeners haven't had a chance to read your eloquent work. What are some of the, what are some of the statistics? Yeah, I mean, I think just on the top of my head, uh, 20% of our VPs are um, women or it's closer to maybe 50%. Um, and in terms of engineering leadership, um, it's close to 30%. So I think those you know numbers speak for itself. So I think, again, come, thinking about top down, when you see such big representation, let's just talk about gender diversity for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see that at your organization, even if maybe you're an entry level employee or something like that, um, you know, that means a lot that can affect everything from day to day meetings when you see them right. in huge meetings or one on one meetings. Um, so we're very proud of that. Very much. So. If people want to learn more. We're about, proud of you. Yeah, we, we are. Pumped. We're proud of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're so glad that you stopped by today. If people want to learn more about Duolingo and check out the awesome blog post, just go to Duolingo. Yeah, just go to Duolingo.com. And while you're there, you know, learn about learning a new language while you're out there, too. Absolutely. It's free. <laughs> I've heard there's a few you can learn there. Just saying, as far as that goes. And, of course, I admire Uncle Vic and Scott. If people want to learn more and, and check you guys out. Yep. MUSlaw.com. Just that simple. That's simple. I thank you guys so much for stopping by today. Thank you. And beginning to have a little bit of conversation around this type of stuff. Right. Because we find yep. it very important. Pittsburgh's not going to move very much forward without us having these conversations. So do appreciate your time. Anyhow. Another Tech Vibe Radio under the belt, Audrey. I'm out of here, man. It's the weekend. I got got places to go. That's all I can say. (laughs) So anyhow, thanks for tuning in tonight. Learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech. And go to pghtechfuse.com for all the tech news you can use. I had to rhyme it. I just couldn't I can't believe you said that. We're out of here. That's just a sign we got to get out of here, Audrey. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Have a great weekend. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 